Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal and Andy Brampernard. And we'll be right back. Tim Lammers will join us. Of course, Tiffany Norton. Norton! Norton will be in for the second hour. Norton, you're in for the second hour. Did you hear about uh, Amazon's uh, hiring frenzy? I did. I heard it on the KQ Morning Show. I don't know if you've heard of this show, but it's fairly popular with the kids. Andy, you should call Amazon. Why? 33,000 jobs available. The average pay 150,000 a year. Jesus. We'll come back and talk That's more about good. that right after this. What the family. Andy, where are you going? <laughs> Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state, so we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Ladies and gentlemen, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com, Doug Sprinthal. I'm just happy today. Me too. I am. I am too. Warming up. The ice is off the river. We'll be launching (laughs) the boat soon. Exactly. We talked about this morning on the morning show. We have uh, several openings in the Twin Cities at Walzer. You can go to walzer.com, hit careers, and see the listings. I'll highlight a few of them off the top of my head. We are looking for salespeople in several of our Twin Cities locations. Uh, It's a salaried position, and we don't negotiate as hopefully everybody knows. So it's actually a really fun job. We are also looking for a used car manager. Uh, I think that's in Hopkins. Along with a service manager, we have several openings for used car buyers, and we have some corporate positions as well, uh, title clerks, etc. You can always email me directly at walzer.com. Nah, walzer.com. Sorry. You can always email me directly at doug at walzer.com for more information. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. I got to get you some more bumper music, don't I? But it did. I know. I want to get you a bunch more. I, 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 I got to reach out to Mick Sterling to get some. So. I like Mick a lot. Hook us up with some local bands. We'll see. Uh, yeah. See what his taste in music is like. Yeah. Uh, well, is your mic on? Pretty good. Uh, no, I have to call Tim. Oh, you have to call Tim, okay. All right, we'll carry on without you. Amazon says it wants to help Americans get back to work and not just in warehouses. The company is hosting an online career day on September 16th, and it says it's mobilizing more than 1,000 experienced recruiters and HR professionals to help job seekers across the country learn about opportunity to Amazon and elsewhere. An Amazon spokesperson tells CNN that the company is selling or seeking, excuse me, 33,000 people to fill corporate and tech roles with an average compensation, average compensation of $150,000 a year, including salary and stock. The company says the career day event will include interactive workshops and for 20,000 job hunters, personalized coaching sessions. Now, what day is this? September 16th. Six days from now. Next uh, Tuesday. Next next Wednesday. Wednesday. 
Next Wednesday. The world will stop next Wednesday. It's amazing they can pay that kind of money with the free shipping they give away on all their stuff. Yeah, how can you? Where'd you come up with the money for that? Interesting. That's Isn't one that of those things truth? where it's like, you know, everyone wants to work for, you know, Amazon or Google or Facebook or whatever. But I don't know. I don't know if I could be part of that whole, you know, the... the uh, let me mention one multi-trillion thing. Multi-trillion dollar corporations. $150,000 yeah. a year. Yeah, that's true. A year. There is that. I mean, that's DJ money. Oh, oh he'd have to take a pay cut to the <laughs> from here. Unbelievable. I didn't know. This is sad. What, the Tim's on? James Bond's only wife is dead. He, he got well, married. She's got to be 100, isn't 82. she? 82. Oh, wow. Right, so uh, He married young then because he, James Bond was... In a six, how old is anyway. which James Bond? Um, I think it was uh, what's his face, Sean Connery. Sean Connery, Diana Rigg. No, she was actually married to James Bond in the movie. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. It's like, what exactly are we talking about? Diana Rigg has died at the age of 82 years old, also known for Avengers and Game of Thrones roles. She was Teresa de Vin. Vincenzo? Di Vincenzo, yeah. Di Vincenzo. Vincenzo. There's no answer. Oh, there's no answer. Which is Di, weird. Di Vincenzo? Yes, apparently James Bond, the character, did get married at some point. He did. He married I Diana Rigg. I remember her from the Avengers. There's a picture of her. Guess how old she is in this picture. I'm going to lean on. I have a feeling she's a woman that aged well. Yeah, she sure as hell did. I'll tell you that. Let me move some of this stuff. So how old is she in that picture? Well, if you told me she was 65, I wouldn't call you a liar. Right. 80. Yeah. She but, was you know, 80 years not old. Not to talk politics, but Nancy Pelosi looks pretty good for her. She's 80? 80 as well. She's, yeah, she's gorgeous, as a matter of fact. I'm sorry, she's 80, but she yeah. is a beautiful woman. You know, I heard there's a balance if you have a terribly horrible, rotted soul. <laughs> so Diana Rigg had a horrible, rotted soul? <laughs> she'd be even prettier. Raquel uh, Welch is the same way. She's just yeah, exactly. She's evil woman. We have Tim on the phone. Raquel the Welch. Way. Raquel Welch once hung up on me. Well, well can you blame her? Really? Well, no. I spoke. <laughs> but I didn't go. Hey, nice jugs. I didn't do that. <laughs> Timmy Lammers with us. How you doing, Timmy? Good, good. Yes, it was on Her Majesty's uh, Majesty's Secret Service. Yep. She was married to the. George Lazenby. James oh, yeah, Bond. the one everyone well, always forgets. Lazenby. Okay. And one she was movie. taken yep. out in that picture. She died in the picture, and that was the only time that James Bond was married and became a widower was that and his, never married uh, again. Was that his motivation? To, you mean, to, to score every guy? chance he got after well, that? that? I suppose. <laughs> I'm free. I'm free, baby. Yeah, and, yeah, you're right. Emma Peel in The Avengers. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, she's a gorgeous woman. Gorgeous, yes, absolutely. Too bad. I mean, come on, let's face it, man. I mean, 82 is not... Everybody think, oh, that's the end right there. No, no. I mean, my dad had tons of crap go wrong with him in the last 15 years of his life, and he still lived to be 87. You know, I I know that I'll still be doing commercials with Tom on the KQ Morning Show in about another 20 years, and somebody will die, and we'll, we'll both go, 96. So Way young. too soon. It's not that old. <laughs> it's not that it's old, not baby. Not that old, man. Yeah. What are you talking about? No, on the other side, I mean, I, I lost my mom when she was 65. Oh, so, God. Jesus Christ, that's 
that was tough, especially when you're a younger guy. Yeah. I mean, I was yep. 31 years old when she died. So, yeah. Uh, yeah so, um, you know, but 80, 82, uh, uh, you know, you wish yeah. you would have been around longer. I'd say if you can make it to 80, you're good. Yeah. Yeah, that's 50 years away for you, though. For the rest of us, uh, yeah, that's true, Mister. Oh, 80's plenty. Well, yeah, but how many down you. You. How often you do you talk to ninety-year-olds? Uh, you, you can say eighty years is a good run, though. I guess it's a good run. It's Most people run, don't get eighty years. But on the other hand, it's like how often do you talk to ninety-year-olds and they're like, "Oh, I'm sure glad I'm alive still." Well, that's true. Not yeah. a whole lot of them because you can get a little owly towards the things end. Things start <laughs> to break fair. down pretty quick around that decade. B.B. King once uh, said, "Everybody uh, wants to get into heaven, but nobody wants to die." Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Well, my mother-in-law is ninety, and she's just as spry as she was when I met her. That's pretty and my wife and I have been married for thirty years, so hmm. you know, I mean, some people it just—they uh, still have it. They have the pep in their step all the time. Yeah. Did I, hear great. Your, I love it. Did I hear your wife start crying when you announced that you've been with her for 30 years? You've been stuck with you for 30 years. <laughs> Actually, a little bit longer than that. We've been, only been married. It'll be 31 years next month. There you go. But uh, we were together a year and a half before we got married. So Magnificent. You know, long and suffering even before that, Tommy. Yeah, that's nearly as long as I've been alive. There you go. Which, to yeah, me, is true. a very long time. Before we move on, i got to tell you one thing. The first disagreement Catherine and I ever had, and it wasn't a fight, it was a disagreement. I wanted to go see The Spy Who Loved Me, James Bond. Mm -hmm. She goes, I'm not going to that sexist crap. Mm. Now, you have to remember, she was 22 years old. Back in the day, she was pretty, uh, I remember in my baby book. Oh, yeah. Uh, who was president in 86? Reagan? Reagan, yeah. Yeah, they, there was like a thing. It's like, you know, the current president is, et cetera, et cetera. And she wrote, Reagan, ick. <laughs> so ick. that's how she was in Reagan, 1986. Ick. Yeah. Now, so, to bring it full circle, did she say she was pissed off because Diana Rigg playing James Bond wife was killed in Her Majesty's Secret Service, and that's why she didn't want to go? Nah, she just said it was sexist crap, and she didn't <laughs> want to see it. Was that 1981, maybe, when The it's, Spy it's Who Loved Me came out? It's amazing that a feminist could have problems with a character named Pussy Galore. <laughs> or yeah. Octopussy, I mean, when you think about it, that's a little sexist. Well, Spy Who Loved Me was 77. Oh, 77? Yeah. Okay, so it, it was... It must not have been a spy who it loved was the me. one after. What came out in eighty one? I have never really been a James right Bond fan. The only thing I liked about James either. Bond was the Nintendo sixty four game. Oh, for Christ. Goldeneye! Now, everyone. Otto Blackman died earlier this year. Who was in that film? Yeah. Uh, and she was what twenty five minus twenty. Oh, she was ninety five. Ninety five, baby. Pretty good. Almost ninety four. So you know. So yeah, that that is a good run right there. It is indeed. Man. was for your eyes only. For your eyes only. There you go. It's one so of the uh, your eyes movies only. no one ever talks about anymore. Well, especially Catherine. Especially, especially your mom Catherine. never talks, talks about it because she wouldn't go see it. I'm like, what do you mean it's sexist? Con, settle down, yet? Sugar cane, mm. big baby. You know what I'm saying, right? Uh-huh. Now, Andy, Doug, I don't know if you were here that day. I was very, very sad to hear a man who's six days older than me. He was born November 1st. I was born November 7th, the same year. Ronnie Bell of Cool and the Gang died. Uh, I really? I see that this morning. Oh, God. Remember he said he was talking to you, Andy? Remember Ronnie, Ronald Cool Bell? And Ronald, excuse me, Ronald Bell, uh, Robert Cool Bell, but Ronald yeah, Bell. Yeah, we just. Uh, he was on just like a month ago. Yeah. Or 
that's let's see here. He was on here a month ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was great. He was How just come a I really get stuck nice with guy. Lammers, and you get the- <laughs> oh, sorry, Tim, you're not listening. Right? Stuck with Lammers. We had him on July 14th, episode 1836. So it was two wow. months ago. Yeah. Two did you ago. talk about Jungle Boogie? Oh, we did sure we did. ever, baby? We sure Because he wrote Jungle Boogie. What a great song! I man. love that song. Was he? Because he's only sixty-eight. Was he like dying? And not that I know of. No, or heart attack? Maybe I don't know. But well, he just—he yeah. was living in the U.S. Virgin Islands. He died at his home in the U.S. Virgin Islands. I was very, very saddened to hear that. Not only because he was only six days older than me, and now he's dead. Apparently, but they haven't released the cause, but they did say it was sudden. So could stroke, Ooh, heart attack, stroke, heart attack yeah, something, something like, that. like that. That's too bad. Yeah. But I, I get to tell him what you got a, a you have a, a Facebook page for the Tom Bernard show, and Cassie just uh, typed, "Oh my God, I love Catherine Brandt." Okay, <laughs> okay, Cassie, that's how it's gonna go. Huh? Are you or reading the chat in the? Yeah, yeah. He's reading the chat. Well, Cassie's <laughs> always in there. Oh, is she? Yep. Saying things like. Oh, I love Catherine mm-hmm. Brent. Not Tom, of course. <laughs> Typical. Shot right to the gut. But, yeah, I was very sad to hear that, that Ronald Bell died, ladies and gentlemen. Just a very, very nice man. What a talent, too. Those guys started, I, what did he say, Andy, when he was 13, I think? I think he was 13, yeah. 13 years old. Has a massive international Let's hit. Yeah, it's the same as Prince and yeah. Andre Simone yeah. and all those cats. They were just kids. Another great guy, Andre Simone. Stevie Wonder. I mean, Stevie Wonder's a young guy. I mean, people forget that Fingertips Part 2. I mean, he was 13. 13 years old, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Ronald was 13 when they started cooling the gang. I thought, I thought that's what he yeah, said. Yeah, it seems to. Well, you know, back then, 13 was a lot older. Makes me sad to think that Ronald Bell is dead. But he is Jungle Boogie. Jungle just how it goes. And I love at the end the Tarzan yell, and then the song yeah. ends. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, there you it. go. The uh, He got to hear you do the Tarzan yell before he died. So. Yeah, he asked me to Maybe do Maybe that's what killed <laughs> he him. He heard that, and he was like, my life is complete. My life's complete. I can just fold up the tent. Farewell. Or he just got depressed because that's a legacy. Oh, well, thank I'm you. I'm kidding. Thank you so much. It's oh, my fault that Ronald Bell is dead. Thursdays. At only 68 years old. <laughs> sensitive He's Thursday. dead, and it's my fault. Well, we're all sensitive because of the frostbite, so. Yeah, God, it was 37 when I got here this morning. And you know what's weird? So, 37 <laughs> degrees, I get here this morning. There's a car in the parking lot dropping off a woman at the exercise room down here. Oh, wow. At like 4.30 in the morning. I'm like, Jesus, huh. you get up plenty early to work out there, sister. Yeah. My she probably God. starts at 6 or something. A lot of people yeah, it might. Yeah, yeah. It might. That's true. But, yeah, she was getting out. He's dropping her off, and she was getting out and going in, working out, man. I'd rather just be fat. Well, you're not fat, so what's the difference? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, because you're not between fat. that and waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning to work out. Well. I choose early death. That's not really in your wheelhouse to wake up at 4.30 in the morning, no. is it? I guess I'd rather just work out after work if I had to. I stubbed my toe yeah. on my weight bench last week. Does oh, that count? For Christ's sake. I've, <laughs> no pain, no gain. students as I'm working with today. It's un- <laughs> you're amazing. Absolutely amazing. That's all I'm saying. But in any case, I wanted to make sure. I, okay, another thing that everybody needs to answer, particularly you, Timmy Lammers. Yes. So let's have the woman who probably murdered her husband on Tiger King on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is that? Oh, it's it's. Uh, first of all, I'm shocked that they're even doing it. I know. Because what? Okay, so it's going to be. Uh, 
a deal where they're competing virtually in Zoom or what, you know? Oh, I mean, Zoom. what? But yeah, just the mere fact that she, oh. her, her character's in question, <laughs> putting it lightly, how could you even go there? Yeah. Believe me, if Joe Exotic wasn't in prison, they would have probably gotten him. Uh, yeah, well, no, absolutely. No question about it. The, um, yeah, I don't know. So uh, is it Dancing with the Stars? That's what it is, right? Yeah. Are they going to have to wear masks when they dance I and all assume, that stuff? I assume they are. Who here has watched more than 30 seconds of that show, Raise Your Hand? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's kind of what I thought. Any of it. Yeah, zero seconds. No, I'm good. Everything is good, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we do have to take a break here. We'll be right back, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Doug because now that uh, Jessica Krug has, has finally come out, it's time for Doug to stop pretending he's black. I'm just gonna <laughs> tell you, Jessica Krug. We'll be oh, you're gonna love that. You got to find the audio while we take a break. Jessica Krug trying to sound black is hilarious. We'll be right back with the family. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, this is a tough time for businesses, not only in the Twin Cities, but all over right now. Can you tell me a little bit about what North American Banking Company is doing for your customers? Tommy at the bank, we're helping businesses with all of our tools at our disposal. Lenders are working as long as it takes with our customers to help them through these tough times. We've processed well over 300 loans for customers and funded over $70 million through the SBA's Paycheck Protection Program. Through our payment deferment program, our current customers were able to skip one, two, or even four payments with no penalty. Finally, being a locally owned and operated bank, we're able to move quickly and take action for our customers when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker? God, I can't tell you how great <laughs> it is working with Billski. Did you record that, Andy? Could you send that to me? <laughs> North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. George Washington University professor who pretended to be black is out. Jessica Krug resigns her tenured position, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and we tried to find some audio, but they pretty much scrubbed most of it. I just don't know what to look for, really. Yeah. George Washington University professor who admitted she had pretended to be black has resigned. GWU had already announced Jessica Krug would be replaced, and on Wednesday, officials said she had given up her tenured position, the Washington Post reports. Dr. Krug, and she's a doctor on top of it, has resigned her position, effective immediately. University posted on Twitter, her classes for this semester will be taught by other faculty members, and students in those courses will receive additional information this week. Krug, who is actually white and Jewish, has not commented on her resignation. Uh, yeah, this is a woman. If we could find some audio. I think I might have oh. some audio. Did she say something like, I get up, what to get down? I can't verify it, but it appears to be, because most of the comments here are talking about her accent. So let's see. Uh, what I really see know. what we got Okay, here. let's see what we got. Jessica Cruz trying to sound black. I'm here in El Barrio, East Harlem. Uh, you probably know this neighborhood, because the Hosanna Melissa Mark Viverito, who used to be the speaker of your city council, Sold my fucking neighborhood to developers and gentrifiers. White Jewish woman. So I got a couple of things to say. And when y'all come on and tell me my time stops, fuck out of here. Oh it's been God. seven hours. Not only did I have to listen to these cops. And Is that like Marge cops, Simpson honest, trying to sound black? It sounds like she's trying to be 
Hispanic, black yeah. and Hispanic as well. And she does. She's, she's drifting between black, Hispanic, and Jewish. This is a woman who's a doctor, a tenured professor at a big-time school, George Washington University, and she's that mentally ill. Well, that's what's cool right now. Could you run that again? I can't believe she I thinks that's playing it because like she goes on for two and a half minutes. The fourth place runner-up in the Rosie Perez <laughs> yeah, impersonation exactly. contest. Oh, that's right. She's talking. Many council members, you posing like you opposing them for your sound bites, for your social media, for your re-election campaigns. Fuck out of here. You've been supporting the cops in the pandemic oh my God. when the MTA was strapped and you supported putting more cops on the MTA. Fuck out of here. We know where you're coming from and we know what these little photo opportunity bullshits are. Uh, I also want to call out all these white New Yorkers who waited four hours mm. with us to be able to speak and that did not yield their time to black and brown indigenous New Yorkers who thought that their sense of, I thought... Yeah, I think uh, we might be looking at some pretty severe mental illness. I miss, <laughs> I, miss the old, I miss the old studio downtown when they had liquor. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I'd be going for it right now. A, she, I'll drink some Hennessy in her honor. How did she get t- tenured? I don't know. How do you get tenured when you're that crazy? I know. What the bullshit? I sound like a really black. Don't you think I sound black? No, I, I don't at all, as a matter of fact. She, I like this comment. She sounds like a Kennedy trying to order tapas. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. It is. That's a great line, actually. Sounds like a Kennedy it's trying like, to order it tapas. Is, it's like, yeah, it's like a mix of Long Island it's and what weird. they think like, like a, a generic ethnic person talks like. Who, who wrote that? Andy Borowitz? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's pretty funny. What do you think of that, Timmy? Hey, Timmy, Timmy, let me ask you a question. What you it sounds about? like a dumb white person trying to sound street. Well, I, I think there's a reason like. for that. No wonder black people think we're all crazy, because most of us right. actually are, I think. I now, think you're right. somewhat in the same wheelhouse, if I could change the, the, the direction of the conversation slightly, Andy, I just uh, sent you a, a link, even just reading the headline to Tommy. I, I would love to get his take on it, because this follows up on something we talked about this morning, Tom, about the new Oscar rules. And now oh, somebody yeah. from Variety is mm-hmm. writing the, uh, an opinion. Well, I don't know if it's an opinion piece or trying to report, quote-unquote, facts about something. So, Andy, if you could, please. Hollywood films are dominated by straight white men, and new Oscar rules may not help. Oh, no. If you watched a movie in 2019, chances are it was a story about a straight white man made by a filmmaker who was also straight, white, and male. A survey of the top 100 grossing movies from USC Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism found that only 32 featured leading or co-leading characters from underrepresented racial and ethnic groups. So 32 out of 100, that actually seems about right. It's 32%. I mean, it, it wasn't I mean, that long ago that it would probably be 99%, right? Yeah, so yeah, 32%, so that would be 68% white only, and what percentage of the country is white? Something like 68%, 60. percent, I think. 65. So, I don't even think it's 65, yeah. I think it's 63%, something like that. 43 of the 100 biggest off box office hits had a female in a leading or co-leading role. That's correct. Which is exactly. still about right. It's a slightly low, but it's pretty close. A slight bump from 39 in 2018. 
Uh, only three of these movies had a leading or co-leading role filled by a woman over the age of 45. Oh, now you got to have the age, too. It's not enough that you're this, 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 and this. You also have to be the right age. Okay, yes. let me... Yeah, that's up. a dirty little secret they don't like talking about. Yeah. How people, how actors or actresses in particular, quote-unquote, age out when they're 30. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. Only 2.3% of characters were shown with a disability. Well, I'm pretty sure that's about right. It is that about right. That might even be a little high. Like, for obvious God. physical disabilities, I think 2.3 is about right. I don't know how much more we get. Look, let me just run one thing by all you Hollywood pukes that are having a fit about <laughs> this, all right? One of the biggest hit movies from a couple of years ago was two hours of a woman banging a fish. Hmm. Was it The Shape of Water or what yep. was it called? The Shape of Water. Yeah. She was banging a fish for two hours. We're supposed to believe that, too? It's a well, movie, This is an underrepresented group on screen. You have mermen. Are yeah, mermen. He's the only merman I've ever seen on, on in a movie. That would have made a better title. The Fish Banger. The, the Fish Banger. I just, how can you complain the crap that you put out of Hollywood I know. that pukes all over everybody? Uh, how you can complain is beyond me. Plus the fact, um, we were talking about this the other day, and, and a, a, a black friend of mine who, by the way, is a college professor, I don't want to identify him, but he said, did you know, Tom, now that they're striving for an 87% black presence on advertising? That's very, very high. And I think, Timmy, was that you and I that talked about that? No, I heard you talking on the queue about it, though. Right. And then you said that you and Catherine watched, I don't know, how many commercials in a row, and then finally when they got to the one with the white guy, he was a, a mental patient. He was mentally ill. Yeah, the one white guy in 36 commercials was mentally yep. ill. <laughs> but here's the deal. You know the reason they're doing that? Because they have done lots of research, and they find that white women particularly, but white men, white across the board, but mostly white women, feel they're contributing to society by buying something that a black person endorsed. I, 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 would, I would not think that would... Oh, I can't even speak. Sorry about that. That has to be true because, as you know, right. national marketing, they'll test and Everything. retest and retest. They're only go, they don't care about racial equity. They just want to sell stuff. That's exactly now, that right. that happens to intersect yeah, with having true. people of color in ads, yeah. they're going to go for it. Well, that's what this professor told me. He said, yep. the, only, the only reason they're doing that is because they make more money doing it. But that it. Mm -hmm. is their job, is Ab to sell stuff. No, you're right. They're not, yeah. the, you're right. the advertising, their job isn't to Oh, but you could argue the same thing problems. about Hollywood. Their job is to sell movies, make exactly. money for the producers, yeah. make yeah. money you're for... You're right. So, you know, technically, if it's all about the money, then why are we upset about one overrepresentation but not the other? But it's not the movie makers are. It's the Oscar presenters that are upset. That's true. Yeah. I, I would suspect, and maybe Tim, Tim would know better, but I think that there probably is a disparity in opportunity in Hollywood, or there, you know, has been for years about, you know, opportunities for sure. non-white well, producers. You know, look, and I mean, like it's Spike proven sort of in the last that. couple of years, you know, they've tried to diversify the voting body, right, by invo inviting more minorities right. and women, oh, so that's filmmakers, etc. But the, the, the result is the same. What they need, they're, they're judging what they're given. So I think if you're going to change anything, it's going to have to come from the top. The, yep. the studios, the executives that are going to have to come up with projects that show, that allow for more opportunity. 
And until they do that, that's not going to happen because they know what kind of movie sells right now so they can make their, you know, billion dollars at the box office at superhero stuff. Yep. That's you know, exactly so, it. yeah, I mean, and, and generally, super nobody cares about the superhero stuff at the box office or at the Oscars anyway. So I, I don't know. I, I put the, the blame squarely on the studios and the executives because they're the ones calling the shots. Well, and as Jessica Krug would say, well, God damn. <laughs> <You know. laughs> yeah, so it's, it's this Oscar fool. thing. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they went there this early, especially after the success of last the Oscars, I mean, you know, the, know. the South Korean filmmaker, I mean, that was a major break for It was. And it's never going to so, be enough, you know that, right? What's that? It will never be enough no. for Hollywood. It'll never be enough. Well, the way that people think representation works, they think that every race has to have exact equal, like, you know, yeah. 33% Asian, 33% black, 33% white or whatever. But representation... It's based on what percentage of people actually right. live here. Right. You know? So if the country is 62% white, then 62% of the Oscar winners should be white. It shouldn't be like, you know, 50-50. That's just mathematically not how it works. But people don't understand that. Oh, God, remember the women and what a fit they had when they started allowing transgender men to play in women's sporting events? Yeah, well. Yeah. You talk about getting your ass kicked. <laughs> you gotta, like, holy Hannah. It's just, Dr. It's Renee not, Richards. Dr. Renee Richards is a perfect example. You oh, know, I forgot about her. I, I just don't know what to tell you, but but is How it fair? How long ago was that? Was that oh, the 30s? It was the 70s, wasn't 70s, it? 70s, probably, yeah. Man, that, that took some courage when you think about it. No, I understand that completely, and God bless them, but there should be a separate category because the muscle structure of a transgender woman. Yeah, bone structure. Bone yeah. structure. It's There's not fair. There's all sorts fair. of stuff that goes into it that you can't undo. There's just no way. You know, it would be like saying basically that uh, we're going to get Sage, my, my uh, grandson, to be a power lifter. He's two years old, so yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's going to work. So that's the I- only problem with all that. You know where I, I think where it's going to get interesting, the Academy, they're not done. I mean, because obviously oh, no. No. whatever they do is never enough. You know, at some point they are going to go with genderless categories. So therefore, no yeah. longer the best actor, therefore, no longer the best right. actress. Right. Okay, so you say, all right, then we nominate 10. Can you imagine the uproar there is going to be when out of those 10 six are men and four are women. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. I, I mean, they're be... just creating problems because you know that's bound to happen. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm just saying that when you go genderless categories, yep. that is bound to happen. Yeah. And then there's going to be a big tizzy over that, too. we got to take a break. Be right back. More with Tim Lammers right up to this the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. 
Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Never seen you looking so bad, my funky one. You tell me that you're super funny. It's really hard to believe a woman in radio can't figure out how to put on a set of headphones. That's really good, Tiffany. They're weird. They are weird. I've they never weird. had fancy ones like this. Mine just, I have the cord. I got the Sonys. <laughs> oh, those are, yeah. Well, we already have enough cords on the this desk, thing. so I figured, you know. We got some cords. So yeah. We good. have cords. Yes. Tiffany Norton. Norton. I, I have to say it. I always got to do that the rest of my life. That's all right. With us, Timmy Lam. You ever met Timmy Lammers? Who's that? No, hello, Tiffany. Hi. Tim, Tim Lammers, our entertainment reporter on the KQ Morning Show and this show. I'm just a dopey movie guy. You know, I don't pretend to know a lot, uh, but uh, I, I do my best. Um, you don't pretend to know a lot. Listen to you. Okay. I'm going to use big oh, words, Tom. Tim asked me to, t- to ask you something, he, Tiffany. He's friends with Paul Douglas, just so you know. That's right. He's friends oh. with Paul Douglas. That's right. Okay. Yes, but, I am. Yes, I know Paul and, and Jordana and those folks. Big over fans there. of mine. Huge. They love me. <laughs> Shut up, Sprintall. <laughs> I told that story today about Big Jay Okerson. Did you ever work with Big Jay Okerson? No, but I know who I know who that is, yes. The guy. He's an old friend. I love the guy. Mm-hmm. He told me last, I think it was at Acme or it might have been out at Rick Bronson's. I'm not sure. He said, Tommy, I was on, this is on the air on KQ. I was on stage last night, and I wrapped up, uh, and I closed my show by saying, hey, I'd stick around longer, but i got to get up early and go on a Tom Bernard show. And the guy goes, Tom Bernard sucks. Oh, no. <laughs> that was the end of the show. And scene. <laughs> and scene. Okay, thank you very much. Turned out it was my wife. No, ah. I didn't. But uh, I do love that stuff. I, I, I love that people get so emotionally involved and invested that they actually end up either loving or hating you. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, isn't it, it? It's way better than Tom Who. Yeah, Tom Who. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. true. It's a lot better than Tom Who. You're right. You're right about that. But Timmy, we're just talking yeah. about, uh, I'm going to ask Tiffany, you know who Jessica Krug is? I'm not familiar. Jessica Krug is a prof- was a professor at George Washington University. Okay. Tenured professor, George Washington University, and she was forced to resign. Uh, Andy, do you have the audio for, for yep. Tiffany? Okay, if we play this for you. Uh, and then you have to guess why she was fired. Okay. Ooh, this will be fun. Yeah. Ah, boy, you think that this sort of like shock and empathy thing is the move. Okay, so a couple of things. You was talking about, Chair, you was talking about moving against the gang database what's up with that because last i checked that's still operating last i checked that's still up you talk about us to show up been shown up in all these neighborhood council meetings trying to fight gentrification ain't nothing changed and then real quick i want to talk about some of my experiences in the bronx um on thursday in the bronx Mm -hmm. you know y'all heard from a few people who were there and thank you much power to all my siblings who were standing okay you want to know why she got fired yeah i'm curious uh, because Newt. she's a white Jewish woman from 
the Bronx. I did from, hear uh, from, Long, from Island. Long Island. I did hear about this woman. This is the woman. It's like a Rachel Donzile type <laughs> deal. Where she's, she said that she was that she was of African American descent, and then she is actually just well, not just, but she's she's Jewish American. Yeah, she said she was like Black Caribbean or something. Yeah. Black Jamaican or yeah. Black Caribbean or something. Yeah, yeah it's like mm. it's hilarious. <laughs> so this morning, Tony Lee but, went off the deal. Oh, Tony said the same. Oh, I love Tony. Yeah, he loves you. So she's a doctor. So she's a PhD in something. In I mean, something, they don't yeah. just hand those out. No, no they kind of do. You, but. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, she could be a PhD in you know. And she's living in the modern world. She isn't a million years old. How did she think that somebody wasn't going to find out? It's a great difficult. question. This wouldn't take. You know, a, a seventh grader with a Google account could probably uncover it in about four and a half minutes. You can't really assume identities like you used right. to be able to. No, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I did make harder. I did make Tony laugh this morning because I did my I said Tony, what is my impression of Jessica Krug, which is now the Rachel Dolezal Jessica Krug is going to be the combo. That's going to be great. He goes, yeah, do it. I go. Hey, hey, y'all, get up with the get down. He started laughing so hard, I thought he was going to vomit. <laughs> get up Whatever get happened down. to Rachel Dolezal? I don't know. I think her parents buried her or something. Probably in a anti-psychotic haze. Yeah, no, she joined the uh, Boogaloo Boys or whatever they are. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. She's somewhere I saying... Know she didn't. I, I wouldn't doubt it, honestly. Yeah, she, she's somewhere Boogaloo. saying yes for this other person getting found out, because now she can... Into the background. Yeah, she'll melt away now because of Jessica Krug. So y'all, y'all came down here, y'all. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Is that how we talk there, Jessica? Yeah. No one from the Bronx talks like that. No, no. they don't no. talk like that at all. I don't know. The whole thing. Just, Timmy, what do you think, man? You got a lot of people out in Waverly that talk like that, don't you? <laughs> Everybody does, man. Everybody. Even my mother-in-law, yes. Goddamn Tim <laughs> Lammer is over at the 7-Eleven again. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> madness, Tom. Madness. It is madness, and I can't take it anymore. People have lost their mind. They, do you think part of getting tenure, you have to be mentally ill? What do you think, Tom? <laughs> well, that's how I came to Minnesota. <laughs> no, I'm serious. My dad. You was, came for uh, the meds. Got a, for the meds. <laughs> he got his doctorate at Harvard in 1963, Ooh. and was in the psychology department. He actually chaired it, but he was not on a tenure track. It's kind of a long story, and it has to do with Timothy Leary. The Board of Regents really? was not happy with Tim Leary experimenting with LSD on uh, undergrads. Yeah. So oh, they yeah. kind of said, "Yeah, all these young college professors, you're not gonna get them on tenure." So my dad had a family meeting in 1970. Says, "Guys, we're gonna have to move. I got two job offers." One is at the University of Minnesota, and the other is Biloxi, Mississippi. Ooh. Now, this is 1970. Biloxi is not as progressive Mm-mm. then as it is now. Okay. I've That's never been true. there. so well, I have. I've been to Biloxi many times. And I will tell you a funny about, a story about PhDs. He, was a, a, he coached my baseball team. He was like the assistant coach. And, um, we had this kid, Lenny Kazupi, who was a cop's kid. And even as a sixth grader, he had a smoking fastball. I mean, he, he was, like, way better than everybody else. Problem is, he didn't have any control. So he hit a, kid, a batter in the forearm with a Lenny Kazupi oh. fastball. And the kid broke his arm. And the coach says, Dr. Sprinthal, Dr. Sprinthal, can, can you come out? And he goes, I'm not that kind of a doctor. I can ask him how he's feeling. Yeah, I can <laughs> ask him. How's that arm feel there, kid? So let me finish with the Lenny Kazupi story. This is when I realized that all parents are not good. I was lucky enough to have great parents. Lenny's dad was a cop. And if Lenny ever lost a game, he grounded him for two weeks. Good. 
Wow. Oh, it's good <laughs> Andy, listen up. No, he's telling me his dad was a sergeant. Sergeant Kazupi. No, he was. His Damn name, it. His name was Sal. Can Sal I mean, Kazupi. Now, that's a, there's an East Coast name. Sal yeah. Kazupi. Sal Kazupi. You're under arrest. <laughs> You're under arrest. Officer Sal Kazupi. Well, my dad was a cop, and I just learned to follow the rules right away. And I learned never to lie because they could tell when you're lying. Mm. So, so your dad it was, was a, a good thing growing up under the uh, my dad being a cop. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a great that. thing. No, it's probably better than your dad being a paranoid schizophrenic like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be both. You had to pick between the two. You had to pick between the two. I mean, you know. Do you think my father being mentally ill developed a little bit of personality in me? Do you think it actually Maybe. helped? It probably did. Yeah. I'm trying to talk my way through and out of things constantly with a person who sees and hears people. Well, and I think you take a different, you have a different perspective on other people's situations because, you know, just because I'm not seeing what you're seeing doesn't mean that you're not seeing it. (laughs) Well, you know, that's a very good, and I brought that up when I was a little kid. How do we know he's not seeing that? We don't know for sure if he can see that or not. Oh, were you smoking pot? No, seven. Oh, okay. Well, Pardon that's good. me. Seven years old. Yeah, it was LSD. Speaking <laughs> of that, seven. by the way, we only got a minute and a half here left, but I want to bring this up. You were talking about, uh, you know, the the whole Trump and Woodward thing about, you know, I didn't want to panic the public, and then we went back to when I was, what were years, 1962? Was that the Cuban Missile Crisis? Yeah, I think it was 62. I think it was 62, so I was 10 years old. And I remember, I think it was Chucky Gleason, but I'm not sure. They said, okay, here's what we're going to do. The first time we had to do it, they said, here's what we're going to do. Whenever you hear the siren, get under your desk. Duck because and cover. It, it'll be a duck and cover thing for the, you know, bomb, uh, blah, 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 right? <laughs> Chucky Gleason and I are under the desk. I look across the oh, aisle at him. Chucky Gleason. Chucky Gleason. Oh, I thought you said Jackie Gleason. I'm like... Not it's a bit. Here we go. Full circle. Bernard, get Sorry, under your desk didn't mean right to interrupt. now. I was just trying to clarify. And the bomb will hit. Bang! Zoom! <laughs> <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> to the moon. But anyway, Chucky Gleason looks over at me and he goes, do they really think this wood is going to stop a nuclear <laughs> device? Like an atom bomb? Smartest kid in the second grade. Yeah, exactly. It'll increase your odds of surviving from zero to point zero 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 one. <laughs> exactly. So it's something. It's really going to help a lot, that wooden desk, when the A-bomb hits. Well, well they, and you can unscrew them real easy anyway. Yeah, Those absolutely. tops would come off. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the idea with that was, you know, if you're in within however many, you know, yards of the bomb, no matter what you do, you're dead. You're dead. So exactly, you know, whatever. But yeah, if you're far enough know. away, the problem is the radiation. And if you're locked with even just a flimsy wooden desk, it'll help you survive the radiation. But okay, if well, the bomb itself, yeah, there's nothing you can do. We got to move on, but I will close with this: Tommy's ten years old, 1962. We're getting under our desks. Everybody's quiet because they can hear the air raid siren going off. Is everybody's really quiet? And Benny Crushon farted. Naturally, <laughs> of all time. All these years. Everybody's like, Whoa! we're all going to get nuked, and we're all laughing our ass off. Which really was the, the crap out of response. It was to let a fart, a little <laughs> light in the moment with Chucky Gleason talking about we're going to die anyway. You may as well just sit up in your seat. <laughs> Timmy, you're the best in the business, man. Thanks, thanks a lot. We will talk to you next week. Indeed, next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. You too, Tim. Tim yeah. Lammers, ladies and gentlemen, will be back. Norton will be on Car Selling Secrets.
right after this. <laughs> 